Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean, dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. That jumped out of my head there for a second. You can find them at Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. Uh, we hashtag when we go that when we go live. Um, everybody else does as well. A ton of great other podcasts, a part of this. We talked about that right off the top, and I still messed it up, but that's all right. We're going to keep moving forward on this beautiful Friday. Matt is here with me. We are going to be recapping the Thursday Night Football game. Uh, between the Colts and the Jets, and then we are going to talk about the rest of the Week 9 NFL slate. Matt, how are you doing on this uh, beautiful Friday? Doing pretty good. I, you know, I was waiting in suspense there when you when you paused. I thought maybe there was a new sponsor. This was your way of telling me. Not quite yet. I'm still working with Marvel to see if we can make something happen, make, you know, pop, pop, uh, Pop culture corner, a big thing. They have not gotten back to me yet, but I'm I'm still waiting, still waiting. You know, well, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, it may it may be back next week if you get a chance to go see the movie. That definitely won't happen by next week, but you know, you know, it may happen in the next two months if you get. A chance. It probably won't. No, no, but hey, you know, we can talk about a uh, Shang Chi because that's apparently dropping on Disney Plus here in November. So I'll definitely get a chance to watch that. Uh, no, I think the next one I'll probably be able to go see in theaters is Spider-Man. Yeah, because my kids will actually want to go see that. Yeah, it's I very don't think hard your kids find. will be into Eternals. 
Neither do I. No, that's that's <laughs> kind of why I'm like, I think the only thing they want to go see in theaters right now besides that is Clifford the Big Red Dog. And I'm pretty sure Pop Culture Corner does not want us talking about that. So You know what? I am also going to be watching Clifford the Big Red Dog. I, I'm going to okay. probably watch it on Paramount Plus because I can just watch it from my house. My wife saw the trailer for that today before Eternals and she was like, yeah. when does that come out? We need to go to that opening day. I was like, yeah, come well, to our house. We can yeah. watch it. So I know that, that. Could be, that could be pop culture corner. I didn't know it came out on that. I might have to watch it at home then too. Now, I want to take my kids. It's been a while since we've got to go to uh, – I think the last one that the us family did, which I know everybody, this is just riveting football talk, and I apologize, but uh, uh, I think the last one that we all went to see together was Toy Story, uh, and then I've taken my oldest son. We've gone. Actually, I think the last one we went and saw was was it Spider Man? It may have been. It's been a yeah, while. That, long, that was. Long time. That didn't come out too much ahead of the pandemic. That was like fall yeah. of 2019. It feels like it was a million years ago. But yeah. I mean, 2020 well, wasn't really a year for going to the theater so much. Yeah. It's nice this fall that at least it's an option. Yeah, I think we went and saw me and my wife went and, went and saw something during the pandemic when theaters first started opening back up. And I cannot remember for the life of me now what it was, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the new Spider-Man. Obviously, Hawkeye comes out this month, too. I'll be watching that religiously. I love Hawkeye. So that'll be something we can definitely bring pop culture cornerback for. And the only bad thing is if it drops on Wednesday, like uh, like Loki, might get it myself does. in a little bit of trouble because my, my wife is excited about Hawkeye. I'm like, what if? So I, I, I don't know how I'm going to slide that by her. But we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. She doesn't watch this show, so I can just pretend to be shocked. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? I'm a great actor. Yeah, great, great actor. All right, so let's talk about this uh, game from last night. Jonathan Taylor goes absolutely insane. 36 points, at least in the league I'm looking at right now that I have him. Yeah. Uh, the final score is not indicative of how of how bad this game really was. 42-230 for the Colts. They pulled their starters for most of the second half here. Um, so let's start that side, though. Taylor, Hines, Pittman are all great. Um, even Carson Wentz had a pretty good game, but are you concerned at all about the Colts' defense and, and what they allowed the Jets to do here in the second half? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think it was 42-10 to 10 at one point in time, uh, and they pulled everyone out, uh, which made sense. But the Jets were able to close pretty solidly and were able to get quite a few uh, big plays to score a lot of points there at the end. I think that is a little bit concerning because we haven't uh, seen the Colts defense be that incredible uh, this season. And if they want to make a move, you would imagine they're going to have to face some tougher AFC teams than the Jets per se. Uh, So it it was good to get a win. Maybe the defense was relaxed a little bit too, but it is a little bit troubling. Yeah, I mean, this was with third-string quarterback Josh Johnson for the most time, too, because starter Mike White went out. Backup Zach Wilson is still injured as well, so going to be very intriguing to see. And for what it's worth, Dennis said that he thought it was a lot of soft play calling and soft zones, too, because they had such a huge lead. And that that's possible. You know, it's possible that it's deceptive that they just wanted the game to end. They didn't want anyone to get hurt, so they're not going all out. On the Jets side, I mean, before we get into the the now newly minted quarterback controversy, Elijah Moore 
breakout game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see in redraft leagues if he gets picked up now. Uh, this again was with Josh Johnson. It's Josh Johnson, right? I'm, I feel like I'm saying, yeah, Josh Johnson, um, who's played, I believe, for like every NFL team as well. But well, the first one was in. Mike White, though. I mean, I think he caught one yeah. from each quarterback. Yeah, he did. It was on the play that he got hurt. He got that touchdown pass, actually. Mike White did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was happy for Josh Johnson. His first 300 yard uh, passing game in is, I think he's 30 something years old in his NFL career. So it was great to see him. He's a guy who came out of, was it, was it the ALF, AFL that he was in last year? Was he in, uh, I in think the he was in the, I think he was in the AAF. Um, or sorry, the AAF. Yes. But he had played in the um, in the NFL prior to that, been kind of a right. and bounced around. Yeah, I remember. He, I couldn't remember if it was the AAF or the XFL he was in. I don't know if it was last year. It was two years ago. He played for a little bit, and then I think it was the Vikings or someone had suffered a couple of injuries. I th- see, I thought it was. Last it was, year, you're right. It's the XFL. He played okay, for yeah. LA in the XFL. I, I thought it was because of COVID. Then they brought him up and he played, and then he stayed with the NFL the rest of the season. So, but it was cool. It was definitely cool to see that. I like I like stories like that. So, but uh, definitely great to see Elijah Moore. You know, he was a rookie that a lot of us liked. Uh, a lot of people were hyping up all this summer. So it was great to see him get that huge game. I think he had 20 plus or 30 plus fantasy points as well yesterday. So big game for him. But at the quarterback position, I mean, everybody's been talking about it. I, I've been making jokes, um, you know, with the fact that every all these quarterbacks, again, Josh Johnson just threw for 300 yards, and Zach Wilson has not been able to do it. Uh, is there any concern here for Zach Wilson at the quarterback position? Uh, so Dennis's comment was that uh, Mike White is no Tom Brady, so of course they're going to go back to Wilson. And, you know, we have been jesting a little bit. I don't think in all seriousness that the Jets are going to toss aside the number two overall pick. But what has to be a little curious or a little concerning, you know, Mike White, while they didn't make a huge dent to win, when he came in in relief of – Zach Wilson seemed to be able to move the ball against the Patriots better than Zach Wilson had. Obviously had that great game to help them beat the Bengals. We saw both he and Josh Johnson moving the ball at least against the Colts. The Jets have a myriad of problems, but their offense had been fairly pitiful. So it kind of makes you wonder what else is going on. You know, does Zach Wilson need more time. Will they not rush him back because they're seeing that maybe it's not the offensive scheme and the other offensive players that they have, but that their quarterback just isn't really ready for prime time. Yeah, that that's where I honestly lean. I like to joke about the Zach Wilson thing because of my buddy Felix Sharp being all in on Zach Wilson. Um, I don't think Mike White is going to be the the future NFL franchise quarterback of the Jets, like I joke. Uh, but I, I do think it is a little bit of an indictment on Wilson because say what you want, you know, Mike White, he even came out there yesterday and still had a really good drive before he got hurt. He was still looking good. Then Josh Johnson goes out there and operates this offense in a way that we all thought Zach Wilson was going to. Again, like I, I it's it's – a joke, but at the same time, like 
Zach Wilson is yet to throw for 300 yards. And then Josh Johnson went out and did it yesterday in three quarters with this offense. And Zach Wilson has not been able to do it in six games as a starter, five games, whatever it was that he started. So let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Well, I'll say some six of these games have been against better play, better teams, too, because Bengals, yeah. you know, I know they weren't great last year, but they were, came in with the best record in the AFC. And White's doing it. The Colts were a playoff team last year that's played kind of a brutal schedule that has an impact on them being three and five. It it definitely has to give you a little bit of pause about Zach Wilson. Yeah, and again, I I don't think he's not on the hot seat. His job's not in question. They're not going to pull a a Josh Rosen, I think, on him and draft another quarterback next year. But I do think, as you mentioned, maybe it's got to give you some pause and be like, maybe he's not quite as ready as we thought he was going to be just based on the way he's played in these backup quarterbacks um, have played with with him being out. But I – I still think regardless, once he's healthy, maybe they give him like another week just to get make sure he's 100%, but he's going to get thrown back out there. I, I don't think this is a situation where they're like, hey, why don't you sit for like the rest of the season and kind of learn? I, I don't see that happening here with, uh, with Wilson. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah, sorry. So we're about to talk about week nine, but if you want to get the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, head to footballdiehards.com and get the Flash Update Pro, a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. All right, so let's talk about this week nine NFL slate, and we're going to talk about the team that has been in the news uh, really for the past 48 hours, um, and not the one you're probably thinking about. That's the Cleveland Browns at four and four, going up against the five and three Cincinnati Bengals. So OBJ um, has not been technically released yet, but he will be released likely within the next if not today next couple of days i believe they're still trying to figure out some financial stuff to kind of get uh make sure sunday morning he, at 10 59 a.m eastern yeah well i believe the the hold up is if he doesn't get claimed they want to figure out exactly how much they're, they're trying to work out a way where cleveland doesn't have to pay all of the money since they're releasing him early um at which point he will be able be free to sign the veteran minimum to any team I'm, I'm, I guess before we get into that, do you think he gets claimed by someone? Because I kind of think he does, but I'm also not sure. Like, I'm, I'm really kind of 50 50 on if someone claims him or not. Uh, yeah, I think somebody will claim him just for the strategic value of it. All right. Yeah. I, I'm just curious because I'm kind of, I'm very interested because I know he's, he's been, there's been a lot of reports coming out now that he's been a bad teammate and all this other stuff, but then all the Browns players are coming out and, and rebuttaling that, saying that they none of them said that. Curious as to, as to how all that goes. But how do you think this could affect Cleveland um, in, in what is, in all honesty, a very big game this weekend against the Bengals? Yeah, it's hard to say what impact directly it has on the offense because it would be fair to say he hasn't been a big part of the offense this season in terms of what he's been bringing to the table. It's not like you had a guy that was consistently giving you 100 yards and 10 catches a game that you now have to replace. Last week he had a catch for six yards. But I would imagine it's taken a mental toll, the back and forth you talked about before. He's very good friends with Jarvis Landry, was before he came to Cleveland. 
probably taken a huge mental toll on Baker Mayfield because we've had people coming at Baker saying a lot of things about Baker Mayfield. Um, you had even Steve Smith during the broadcast last night talking about how Baker Mayfield sucks because of all this. Those kind of things cannot be easy to overcome. And like you said, physically, they have a lot of issues. They have had injuries. They have people missing. You're on the road against Cincinnati, Battle of Ohio, a team that's ahead of you in the division. The loss here, and they fall to – I think they're already in last place in their division, unfortunately, but they fall below 500 at a in november we're now in november this is the time of year where you need to be surging you need to be putting it together if you want to get in the playoffs you got to be showing out they need a quality win here and that's a lot to overcome we've seen a team like the uh raiders kind of use adversity off the field they came out and just blasted the division opponent in denver that we thought might be a close game you know maybe it can galvanize cleveland i just don't know if this hits hits the same way yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because and it's something I brought up to you when we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday, and I talked about it with Felix as well in Debbie Debate that I know Odell was not this like ostracized player that it seems like the reports are trying to make him out to be. He has friends, including his best friend, Jarvis Landry. And and that's exactly why, and I, I mentioned it here again, that I thought they should just let him go because that's clearly what he wanted, and I think it'd be the best thing for him and, and the team because they can move forward as he can. It's going to be very interesting to see him move forward because Baker Baker definitely holds a lot of chips on his shoulder. So I, I do think maybe this could help him because I, I think he's going to want to go out there and shut a lot of people up. Let's be honest, though. Cincinnati's defense is actually kind of good. This may not be the team that's going to be easy to just go out there and shut somebody up. I mean, they needed like the perfect pass last year to Donovan Peoples-Jones in the back of the end zone by Baker to beat this team, and I think they've improved. Got Jamar Chase. There's a chance Denzel Ward may be out of this game, so Chase has been on fire. Who's going to slow him down? I, I, I'm I'm with you, and Stefanski has really kind of come out and, and gone all in on, we just need to get a win because a win will take care of a lot for us. I don't know that they get it, though. This Bengals team is very good, uh, and the Browns not just reeling from everything going on, locker room issues, but injuries. There's a lot of players beat up. I mean, Jarvis is still beat up dealing with that knee injury. Baker in the shoulder. You know, Kareem hunts out. Chubb's just a week back from dealing with that, that injury, so... I, I don't know what to think about the Browns. Sure hope they can, but it, it, this has just been a really bad couple weeks for them. On the flip side, though, what do you expect from Chase after his quiet week in week eight? Yeah, I think he'll he'll have another solid week. We've seen him have a pretty amazing season. And, um, you know, if Denzel Ward misses, that's probably even, even more. They rely on him to make some big plays. And they need a win, too, after kind of a humbling last week uh, against the Jets. Yeah, Ward being out, I think, is big for them because he knows Greedy Williams, and I'm sure he knows every way to beat Greedy Williams. They were teammates together at LSU. Uh, they were they were teammates there for, I believe, the national championship. Was he there? No, I think he was gone before the national championship. But uh, they, they know each other very well, and that's likely who gets matched up against them. I think even if they put a safety over the top, whether that's Delpit, who also knows Chase from his LSU days, 
or if it's Johnny Johnson the third. Uh, I still think Jamar Chase is talented enough, and we've seen. Uh, I think he's going to be in for, you know, maybe he doesn't have that two hundred yards and multiple touchdowns, but I think he could get probably close to a hundred and a touchdown against this Browns defense. They've been good, uh, but they've allowed some pretty big plays, and and Chase is probably the kind of guy who can do it to him. I really want to abstain from picking here. Who are, who are you, you guys can, You can abstain if you want. Dennis is taking the Browns. He says the rally for Baker is underway. Look for Chubb to catch five passes. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Schwartz to deliver a long TD. So I, I, I just – has Chubb ever caught five passes in the game? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he has. There was a couple times last year where he took over the receiving stuff over mm-hmm. – uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, because that's why I kept talking about all those people saying he can't be a he can't be an RB one. Don't know what they're talking about. I just didn't picture him as a pass catcher. I uh, no offense to you, I'm taking the Bengals. How dare you, sir? Doing the rest of this show in protest. Um, uh, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, so five, nine, and eight. Oh, oh that's oh. this year. Oh, I was trying to pull up last year. Wait. Oh. Uh, I apologize. I was looking at those are targets. Oh yeah, that was the yards. Uh, It's just like one, one and two and and three. So, (laughs) hang on. Let's pull up here since we're already messing up this wonderful show. Uh, Once last year in week sixteen, I'm sorry, week fifteen against the Jets, he caught all five of his targets. So, what's possible? It just feels like. (laughs) I I guess it's possible. Yeah, I, I will. I'm just doing this because I'm a fan and I want to see this happen. I'm going to take the Browns to win. I actually think uh, DPJ has a pretty big game here. Uh, he He's played good both times against Cincinnati, and I think they will lean on him to step up as well with Odell being out. Uh, not a big game, though. I, I expect them to win by like a field goal. I'm going to take the Browns. The 4-4 Denver Broncos at the 6-1 Dallas Cowboys. Matt, do your Broncos stand a chance in this game? I mean, as we saw last week with the Jets beating the Bengals, um, everyone has a chance. You know, if you're an NFL team and you're on there, you have a chance. Do I think they're going to beat the Cowboys? I would probably give them a 5% chance, and that's optimistic. Yeah, just you know, just got you got to do your best, Kevin Garnett, right? Anything's possible. Just anything's possible. I think that's what he yelled. Well, I mean, the strength used to be uh, defense for Denver, but they've been kind of eradicated in the in the front line. Still no Bradley Chubb. I, I do think the Kenny Young, the linebacker they ironically traded for from the Rams, uh, was pretty decent last week. The the question is always the secondary. Bryce Callahan, who was playing really well, got hurt and is out. So now you have Ronald Darby and. Kyle Fuller, who have at times this season looked like burnt toast. Um, and I, you know, someone told me that this could be a rumor that Dallas has some good receivers. So I, I don't know if I'd believe that at all. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think they they clearly stand a chance. I mean, the game's not played on paper. We've seen worse teams come in and, and, and beat better teams. So there's definitely a chance. I I would not uh, bet a lot of money on that unless you know you just have a lot of disposable income because Dallas is very good, as you mentioned, a lot of good wide receivers. So what are you expecting from Dallas's defense in this game? Well, you know Dallas, they have a, a lot of good pieces. Um, you know and. and Teddy Bridgewater struggled, so I think the Dallas defense could probably force uh, some turnovers. Um, 
you know, they were really locked down last week against what I think is probably a a better Vikings offense overall. You know, I think Justin Jefferson, as much as I like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson's probably better than anyone they have. And as much as I love Javante Williams, Dalvin Cook is a better running back than what Denver has. I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback, and they run a similar kind of offensive scheme and system. And we saw the Dallas defense hold up really well and keep them in it with Cooper Rush. I think that they're going to be able to bottle them up. And on the on the flip side, I don't think Denver can stop this Dallas offense. You know, that was the problem in their four-game losing streak. They couldn't stop anyone last week. Taylor Heineke made a lot of crucial mistakes, and Washington just didn't have the other pieces. That's not going to be a problem for Dallas. Gallup is coming back, so they're three strong across the wide receiver. I know that Blake Jarwin might miss, but Dalton Schultz was already their best tight end. They have two good running backs. Dak is is starting. Um, I Denver does not match up well. No, and I mean, let's just be honest. It's also because Dallas is one of the better teams in not just yeah. the NFC, the NFL right now. I mean, they – it's crazy that two players have just completely transformed this defense uh, in Parsons and Diggs, and it's, it's really just made this team look really, Dan really good. Quinn. He may that not have much yeah. of a head coach, but he got a couple of pieces that he wanted, uh, You know, even moving on from a guy like Jalen Smith, who you would have thought on paper would have been one of their better defensive players. The scheme, different. I mean, it shows you what a difference – coaching can make and that had happened for Dallas a couple years ago when they had given it to Rod Marinelli he really came in and did something different and galvanized the talent around him and Dallas is doing this without Demarcus Lawrence who's arguably their best pass rusher yeah I mean in in, in fairness we talked a lot about that last year that uh, Nolan might not be the best coach for that defense and and it clearly we are seeing yeah, that we are clearly seeing uh, that that might have actually been true. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Dallas. So you got to watch out for C.D. Lamb, though. He popped up late with an ankle, uh, I believe, on the injury report. He practiced, so, too. Yeah, he, he Come on, might Diggs, you're only supposed to hurt the other team. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens with him, but there's a chance that Gallup comes back as well. I, I'm taking the Cowboys to win this one. Yeah, we're all taking the Cowboys. A Titan matchup right here between the one and seven Houston Texans and Miami Dolphins. Tyrod Taylor should be back. Do you think it will change the Texans offense? Yeah, I mean, the Texans offense produced six touchdowns in the, they said the six quarters that Tyrod Taylor had been in there and they haven't been that great since Davis Mills has looked a little better in recent weeks, but I think Tyrod Taylor is a veteran guy that brings a different dimension and the happiest person in the world has to be Brandon Cooks, who's not happy with a lot of the things the Texans have done, but probably happier to have Tyrod back. Yeah, I mean, again, Tyrod played really good in that first game and was playing good against the Browns as well before he got hurt. So I, I think he could come back and change things. What I am most interested to see is if he helps the end the running game at all. Do we see like a David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, or Scotty Brooks get any kind of checkdowns or anything? Or is it just Brandon Cooks and that's it that we can trust from this offense? I mean, they could potentially have a runner. I tend toward thinking that Philip Lindsay is probably the grinder that they would get in there to replace a Mark Ingram. I don't trust David Johnson at all. They came out last week and said, he's our guy. He's going to be featured. If featured means you get two carries for four yards and one catch for one yard, I don't want to be featured in the Texans offense. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of why I'm hoping Tyrod can maybe change things because man, that was that was a bad bad outing for David Johnson. Uh, if not now, when for Miami? Do you think Tua will feel more confident now that the trade deadline has passed and he is still their quarterback? I don't know. It still felt like a little bit of a lukewarm endorsement from even their owner when they talked about, yeah, we explored everything. We really tried to work it out. It just couldn't make it happen. So we're going to go with Tua. We like him. I don't know if that's the reassuring, uh, confident nod that he was looking for, but he's the guy. He's played pretty decently of late, uh, at least for fantasy. I don't think the offense is Miami's biggest problem right now. Yeah, I think for Tua at this point, whether you think you're going to be the future in Miami or not, based on everything that's happened with with the trade talks and, and Sean Watson, there was a lot of talk then that they said, hey, this may be something we just revisit in the offseason. I think you've got to view the rest of this season as just like teams who are as well, one in seven like you are, hey, and lose their coach. Everything you're putting on tape is a job audition for somebody else. Let's go. because Someone's going to make a trade for you. The Dolphins aren't going to hold on to you if they get Watson. And I do think a team is going to want to trade for two because I agree with you. Even though I don't think he's as good as Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, he is a an above average quarterback. He he's better. He's in that middle tier and probably one of the better ones in that middle tier. I think he can go to a team and definitely help them out. So I, I do think he can turn around because he has not been playing horrible. Let's hope he can get a uh, Jalen Waddle on on track to to continue to to be having a really good season as well or continue to improve and have a good season uh who are you guys picking for this game dennis is taking the texans he said the return of tie god spurs cooks to a fantastic day i'm not ready to quit the dolphins so i took the dolphins yeah i'm gonna take the dolphins as well i think cooks has a good day but not good enough to beat the dolphins the three and four atlanta falcons at the five and two saints what should we expect from the falcons in a tough matchup and who are you starting we should mention Calvin Ridley was placed on the NFL something I can't remember what it was. Uh, a very specific like injury list thing. So I I don't know that it's he's like the non football injury list or Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So he's out for at least a minimum three weeks. So we've got to assume he's you know, again, not that when yeah. he comes back matters, but just something to talk about. We know he will now at least be out for three weeks. At least. Yeah, and because of that, Ryan probably for me goes back to being a low-end QB2. Um, Cordero Patterson, I'm still still firing up. It was interesting. They gave Mike Davis more carries and more targets last week. I'm not sure. I totally trust him, but there could be worse flex options you have. Kyle Pitts, I'm still starting because I love the talent, but I'm a little nervous. It's really the receiver um, that's a question. They have Olamide Zacchaeus. They have Russell Gage. They have Tajay Sharp. Someone will be decent. I don't trust any of them, so I'll probably lean toward not playing any of them. Yeah, Patterson for sure is in. I don't know that I trust to put Davis in at this point, uh, even though, as you just mentioned, he did get a little bit more work, in, and he might continue to get more work because of the fact that Calvin Ridley is out. I think you're still playing Pitts because he's so good and he has a chance again at, at, at a weak tight end position to do something but I'm not expecting what we saw the pat the two weeks prior uh, to last week, especially with Ridley being out. Cause I do think he's going to be kind of the top focus for, for defenses, but. And the saints I, I have mean, a pretty decent defense. Oh, That's yeah, the other yeah. big challenge here. They may not yeah. have much on offense this week, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be honest. I wonder if Marcus Lattimore 
ends up. I would I would pits. put him on pits because yeah, and typically they've been sending pits out wide and keeping Hayden Hurston at the tight end because Hurst is probably an improvement over some of the other receiver options they have. I think that makes you even more skittish about Pitts because, like you said, he's he's a phenomenal athlete at the tight end position, but he's not necessarily the phenomenal game changing athlete if you put him out wide. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely uh, interested to see what he does in this matchup, though, because he, he's likely going to have to be the focal point of this passing attack moving forward. Uh, I will take – oh, I'm sorry. On the Saints side here, uh, what should we expect from the Saints offense now with no Jameis Winston? Well, you know, I, I feel like they're going to have to lean on their, their running game even harder. Uh, I thought Trevor Simeon looked okay last week, didn't make any big mistakes. He's a serviceable quarterback and backup. I think he's likely going to be their starter. Taysom Hill is still trying to recover from a concussion. Um, you know, if Hill can manage to be active, they'll probably mix him in on packages. They don't have the greatest receiver situation to begin with in New Orleans, so I would expect a little bit heavier dose of Mark Ingram. Some people thought his usage last week was a result of you know, him not being that great anymore. I think it could be him adjusting to coming back to a new team. He had only been there for a couple of days. I think we start to see him get used a little bit more as a pounder, and then Alvin Kamara is a game changer. They're going to give him carries. They're going to try to get him the ball in space and let him do his thing. Yeah, I mean, I know even though Sean Payton's there and he's kind of like the main one overall that offense, like Lombardi's gone, so I don't know how much of that offense has changed since Mark Ingram has been there. So I'm with you. It's not always one of those things where you just they go right back to a team they've been with and it's just fire them up back to their old. So I'm, I'm interested to see how much more uh, he improves, and I'm really interested to see how they handle the Taysom. Is Taysom Hill playing for sure? I know. He um, was I was going to go concussion look, protocol, right? He was still in concussion protocol, and I think that's why they ruled him out as a star. Some people are saying they don't ever, they don't plan to use him as a starter. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think he's just not ready. So he practiced in full on Thursday, but he's still listed as questionable. They haven't added a practice report uh, from today, but my. My feeling is he probably ends up being active and not starting, and maybe they can use him in some specialty packages to get some things yeah. going. All right, yeah, and so I'm, I'm very interested if he is cleared, how that split looks between him and Trevor Simeon. We, we both talked a little bit on Monday's show that we'd probably rather have Hill if he's playing because of the rushing upside he gives you mm -hmm. over Simeon. Because even though I do think Simeon is a good backup, I think his ceiling's a little bit limited. Uh, and I will, uh, I'll take the Wait, same. actually, I get to see the old school wishbone uh, in New Orleans oh, when Taysom yeah. Hill's healthy because it'll be him. You'd have an Ingram, so you'd basically have two big bruising backs in Kamara and just, you know, make it happen. Uh, we all are taking the Saints. All right. Next up, the 5-2 and two Las Vegas Raiders at the 2-6 and six New York Giants. Uh, it has also been a very tough week for the Raiders. How do you think that they will respond to this in this game? And what do you think uh, in the passing game? Or who do you like? I'm sorry, in the passing game. Yeah, I, you know, the Raiders have said a lot of good things. Uh, we, Derek Carr may not be an incredible NFL quarterback, but I've been very impressed uh, with how he has handled two very difficult uh, issues this season, how he has been well-spoken and how he's been the leader that you would want from a franchise quarterback. Uh, the Giants are not a particularly tough matchup. Josh Jacobs should be more healthy after getting the bye week. He had returned pre-bye week. They figured out how to get Kenyon Drake involved. I like what they've done with the 
new play callers and the new coaching change. In the passing game, I like Darren Waller. I think he comes back. They still rely on him. And among receivers, I have more confidence in Hunter Renfro right now than I do Edwards. I am hoping Edwards gets a chance to step up, but I think we need to see it first. Yeah, I, I hope Edwards can. I mean, obviously, Ruggs being out, I think, honestly, that might mean Waller bounces back a little bit more because we've seen him kind of take a little bit of, of a, a fall. Not I should say fall of a quick, but a little bit of a step back. Uh, but I'm with you on Derek Carr, too. Like, his leadership. Like, I, I like him because I feel like he gets shit on a lot for a quarterback who I think is actually pretty good. Uh, and just seeing his leadership through everything with the Gruden stuff and now with the rugs, I mean, I'm rooting for him even more. Uh, I, I really do think not only is he just a great person, I still think he's also a very good quarterback. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm just going to tie this to you. I've honestly kind of been rooting for the Raiders to grab Odell off waivers. I, I think he could be a I great fit could, for that team yeah. and, and really help them out. So, But I'm with you. I think Renfro's, Renfro and Waller are the guys um, – If you're maybe starting Edwards in a pinch, but I, I'm with you. I want to see it before I started. But he he did put together a couple good games before they hit that bye week. So maybe they're working him more in in the bye week, but it's been a pretty hectic bye week for them, unfortunately. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do because, hey, Giants, I mean, well, I should say he'll be waived on Monday. Is what just Odell. dropped actually as we're talking. Odell will be waived on Monday. The settlement is being reached with Cleveland. So, uh, well, and I would almost say anything they worked on during their bye week probably is out the window because of yeah. when it happened. You know, Henry Ruggs' accident, unfortunately, was Tuesday morning, and not that we're putting that, you know, football thoughts over the loss of life there, but from a game planning standpoint, that, you know, you usually already have everything pretty well set. And yeah, you're. Too. Everything is already set in motion by that point. Yeah, you ever? I, they probably not redoing the entire playbook, but there's a lot they probably had to scratch out because of of what happened there. Unfortunately, with that accident, Zay, so, Zay Jones is going to eat. Uh, he might. You know, we saw it happen one time last year. Maybe, maybe he just comes right in and fills in for the rugs role. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what what they look like. And I was going to say it's it's maybe a get right game, but hell, the Chiefs couldn't make it a get right game. So I don't I don't know that maybe the, the Raiders can here, but it's definitely I don't know the Raiders need to get right because they've actually oh, I mean, just like, they've been with No, no, I mean like a it'd be I think it's it would be a really good thing for them to get a win this weekend after everything that's been going on before the bye week and then during the bye week. I think if they could just go out there and get a win, it, it would be a good thing for that team. Uh the Giants played hard against the Chiefs here, but they struggled to get a win. Do you think that can change this Sunday? Uh, you know, it looks like they're probably going to get Kenny Galladay back, although, you know, questionable. They asked him if he was going to play. He said he would like to. You know what? That's how we all feel. We would like you to. doesn't look like Saquon's going to play. We know Sterling Shepard is out. Darius Slayton uh, looked like he could give two craps when he was out there playing. Kadarius Tony be out there. I think they have some weapons. I think the Raiders are a better team. Yeah, and it's unfortunate for Daniel Jones because I think there's a lot of pressure on him to perform this season, and he's not getting exactly the greatest support. Yeah, uh, I mean, we talked a lot about this on Monday because I feel like there's there's really a lot of, of questions around what's going to happen with this team. Again, I think Daniel Jones is playing really good. There's a chance Kenny Galladay comes back and plays this week, so maybe that helps him a little bit. Tony's been good. So I, uh, there's a chance Barkley plays, which I was a little surprised about. They were, they pulled him off the, the COVID list. So maybe we see him 
uh, go out there. And like I said, it would be really great if we could see like the Giants full team out there and healthy for a little bit before we just decide Daniel Jones is not it. That being said, I, I really think the Raiders rally behind Carr's leadership and, and get a win here this week. So I'm taking the Raiders. I also took the Raiders. Dennis is taking the Giants. He said there's only so many teams a time can rally after upheaval. So uh, two of us are going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong, it looks like. <laughs> the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers, both sitting at 4-4, four and four, play each other this week. Are the Patriots – are you comfortable – what Patriots are you comfortable starting? My goodness, I cannot read. Maybe it's the the jerk who typed these. No, uh, it's just I'm I, English is not my first language, and I'm pretty sure I never graduated elementary school. If I'm being honest, so uh, I like Damian Harris. He has touchdowns in his last four games. It's uh, always been a little bit of a tough nut to swallow to rely on a Patriots running back, but it certainly seems like Harris, even though he's not the pass catching guy has done enough that you should feel pretty confident he's going to give you RB2 returns. So I like him. Hunter Henry has good chemistry with Mac Jones. I think in the state of tight end, I like him as a top 12-ish tight end option. Not sure I trust any of the receivers, but I've been liking what I've seen from Mac Jones. It's not an incredible matchup, but there are could be worse uh, super flex options. Like yeah, I mean, rookie I think quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, mean, I talked a lot about that in our, our uh, Slack channel the other day because I think he's like 21 or something like that in fantasy points over there. He's not been bad, uh, it, but it, it's Harris for me. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Hopefully they continue to feed him because every once in a while we see these players like really start doing good, and then all of a sudden Bill Belichick just decides it's going to be J.J.'s Taylor, J.J. Taylor time for like three weeks. But uh, Harris is the guy that I definitely feel comfortable putting my – and Hunter Henry as well. I mean, uh, I don't think he did really great last week, but the week prior he, he scored touchdowns. Uh, I think the two weeks prior to that, I think I think he'll be fine going back in this week. So those are the two for me, and I agree with what you said on Matt Jones, on the Superflex side of things. What – Panthers do you like in this matchup? You know, I think the only one I'm confident that I'm starting is DJ Moore, and my confidence in that has dipped a little bit. You know, if I was trying, if I was forced to take a quarterback from this game uh, to put in my super flex, I'd probably go with Mac Jones. Sam Darnold has not looked great. He's only had limited practices trying to come back off of concussion. If it's PJ Walker instead, I'm even less bullish. Christian McCaffrey, I know that there was some hope he was going to come back. The latest that they came from Matt Rule is he's still on IR and they're going to evaluate Saturday whether it's worth taking him off. To me, that sounds like another week um, before he comes off. It doesn't sound confident. I don't think he plays, and I think that's going to be troubling for Carolina. I might like the defenses in this game if I needed a fantasy defense. Yeah, that is uh, that's interesting. I, I still, th- I'd probably take which which defense do you like more? Because for me, it'd probably be New England. New England, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, DJ Moore, just because of how good he is. But again, Darnold, uh, I mean, he worries me. Sure worries not. me on what he can even do for more. So, but uh, I think more. And Moore's a guy, especially where you drafted him and everything, I don't think you can sit him because you likely don't have any better options. But, yeah, I'm with you. If I had to pick between the defenses, it would be the Patriots. And if I had to pick between the quarterbacks, it would be Mac Jones. Uh, I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots, too. Dennis took the Panthers. He said CMC is trending to return, maybe, and he thinks Sam exercises the ghost. I just said I do not think CMC gets cleared. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think, I mean, last time Sam Darnold played the Patriots in the Jets uniform, he was seeing ghosts. I don't think that changes uh, in the Panthers one. I, I think it's going to be a rough game for him again. The 5-2 and two Buffalo Bills at the 1-6 Jacksonville Jaguars. We know we're starting Stephon Diggs, but who do we view? All, aside from Diggs, who do we view these Bills receivers? <laughs> Should have been how. <laughs> You know, I think Cole Beasley is uh, kind of coming on. It looks like Dawson Knox is on the borderline, probably not going to play again. Um, so Beasley would probably be my second option. I liked Sanders and what they were doing earlier in the season. I know he had four targets last week, but really put up that goose egg. So I have much less confidence in him. So for me, it'd probably be Cole Beasley, who I think is is moving closer to being that top 24-ish receiver again. Yeah, uh I think I'm with you on that. I, I and Beasley's been really and not being out. We talked a lot about that recently. I think that's kind of been a key indicator on why Beasley has started to tick back up because Knox has been out. We know he's not going to play in this game. So I feel pretty good about Cole Beasley this week. The Jaguars offense has struggled. Who do you like to start in week nine? Yeah, and James Robinson is officially questionable. Didn't log a ton of practice time. So you have to be a little bit nervous. If he starts, I'm probably still putting him out there, but I moderated expectations. I had him as a low-end RB2 at best. If he doesn't start, I don't know how confident I am about Carlos Hyde. It didn't seem like they gave him a ton of carries, and I'm not sure how much I believe in the run game. Probably the only play from the Jaguars offense I feel great about is Dan Arnold. If you saw my sit-start, he was my start recommendation. They traded for him. He's seen 23 targets the last three games, including 10 last week, caught eight passes for 68 yards. He's not getting touchdowns, but with that kind of volume, he's putting up enough in PPR to be worth the tight end start. Yeah, I, and I really think he's the only one, especially because we don't know that Robinson's going to play, right? Like, I think he's still questionable is what he's listed. So if he's cleared, I think I'm, I still trust playing him because I, I I like what Robinson could do in that offense. But outside of him, it's Dan Arnold. And, and again, I think a lot of that goes back to what I mentioned earlier with Kyle Pitts. It's just a bad, bad position for fantasy. So you take what you can get. And I think he is definitely going, yeah, he's been ticking up in targets and everything. I think he could be very good for them. I mean, it's the bills. So yeah, I was trying to see if there's any the reason bills. to take the Jags, but there really isn't. All right. If uh, you wanted to give us a pickup on you, that would yeah, be possibly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, this game I think could be fairly interesting. The three and four Minnesota Vikings at the five and two Baltimore Ravens. Can the Vikings offense do better this week against the Ravens? Yeah, and I think there is a possibility that they could, you know, put up some some better yards and better points. We've seen the Ravens defense be actually surprisingly more vulnerable than the Cowboys defense has been uh, throughout this season. The Ravens prior to the bye had a huge game against the Bengals where they got kind of uh, blown sideways and gave up a lot of points. Um, But the Vikings have been a tough team to read. And I said earlier in the week, I think this starts the kind of three-game stretch where they get officially knocked out of the playoffs. So I think the Vikings' offense will be okay, but I don't think they do enough to win. Yeah, I mean, you're starting the the typical guys, and I'm going to be honest, and I don't ever like – I don't like to advocate – I jokingly advocate for Frank Reich, but, man, he's really turned around on Jonathan Taylor, so I think we're becoming friends again. But uh, I, I just think Mike Zimmer's time in, in Minnesota is – is coming to an end. And, and I, I, you know, I think they, they probably just need to unfortunately move on from him. And I, I agree with you. This, uh, 
this offense, I think, is going to be fine. I think, you know, Jefferson, Thielen will be good, but uh, I, I don't see them winning this game at all. Um, anyone you like in the Ravens' backfield? And what about Rashad Bateman coming off the bye week? Yeah, and Bateman, unfortunately, listed as questionable now with a groin injury, which gives me a little bit of a pause. I still am in the camp of I need to see him have a couple of good games before I feel real comfortable. The backfield, Latavius Murray is doubtful now. It's going to be some kind of dreadful mix of Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, and Tyson Williams. I want none of them. Yeah, uh, especially, yeah, as you just mentioned, Murray out. I'm kind of out on all the running backs as well. That sucks about Bateman. I was really kind of hoping he was going to be able to start building some steam after the bye week because he, he was getting targeted heavily right before the bye week. Uh, you know, hopefully he plays because uh, I, I really like him. I think he's I think he's a really good wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking the Ravens. Yep, we're all taking the Ravens. Well, the Ravens are hungry for a win, and if you are also hungry for a win this week, head to DraftKingsSportsbook.com, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, because they have you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in Indiana, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's talk about the next game here on the docket, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Four and three for the Chargers, three and five for the Eagles. Can Herbert get back on track this week after having two bad weeks going into the bye? Boy, I hope so. The Philadelphia defense hasn't looked uh, incredibly daunting. I thought last week Herbert was going to kind of pick back up. The Patriots really took him apart. Uh, He needs to get back on track, I think, to build his own confidence and also for the Chargers to keep building toward at least a playoff berth. Yeah, and I mean, again, I'm, I've been all in on the Chargers. I had I had Herbert as my MVP pick. That seems kind of unlikely now with the, with the two bad games and, and as well as some of the other players are playing. But I do think they're able to turn it around this week. It's not going to be an, an easy matchup. I actually think the Eagles' defense has been a lot better than they get credit for. Uh, but I do think he turns around coming out of a bye week. I, I think that Herbert's going to be just fine, as is everybody else on the Chargers. For the Eagles' side here, what do we expect from this backfield? Uh, the Chargers, one of the worst teams against the run, so there's a there's a real shot that one of these guys could have a really good game this weekend. Yeah, and I think the one I'm betting on is Boston Scott. Um, you know, Kenneth Gainwell seems to be retaining that kind of passing down back, but they ran heavily with Boston Scott, and when they got up big last week, they put in Jordan Howard and ran heavily with him. It just doesn't seem like the rushing aspect and the focal point is going to Kenneth Gainwell. He seems locked into his role no matter what. Scott seems 
to be a guy they like, a guy that maybe they like more than Miles Sanders because they certainly gave him more of a workload. He gave a couple of touchdowns last week. He may not have kind of that explosive scoring, but I think he's the one that ends up scoring the highest this week. Yeah, uh, I think I agree with you on on that. I'm, what do you think about Hurts with um, – obviously he's not going to be running the ball as a running back, but it was – Kind of a poor week for him against Detroit last week. Uh, the Chargers defense is really not that much better. Uh, do you think he can actually go back to producing? Like we both had him, I believe, in our top 12. Does he get back to that this week? Yeah, and I feel like they didn't need him to throw and do a lot last week because Boston Scott and Jordan Howard were were rushing so effectively. Those guys combined for four rushing touchdowns. I think it was maybe a case of them really not needing Hurts uh, to come up. I think the Chargers are better than that. What would scare me is the Chargers probably have a better and more aggressive secondary. Um, so, you know, turnovers could be a problem, but we're going to have to watch and see. I I don't feel like Jalen Hurts is a long-term answer at quarterback. Um you know, and if he doesn't play well enough, you have to wonder if they look at other options too, even in season. Yeah, I, I really hope it doesn't come to that. Um, I talked a little bit about that on Monday. That I, I'm I'm curious to see how much longer we get the Jalen Hurts experiment. And as someone who has him in in uh, two uh, my two uh, redraft leagues, I, he's my starting quarterback. I am starting to get a little bit worried if he has a big game this week. It'll lessen that a little bit, so I'm hoping. But I, I am a little curious to see how he looks against the Chargers. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers, though, to win and get a bounce back here. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers, so is Dennis. All right, next up, a game that, you know, when when it came out on the schedule, looked like it was going to be a really good game. A lot of things have gone wrong since, wrong since then. 7-1 Green Bay Packers at the 4-4 Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we know Rodgers will not be playing. It'll be Jordan Love. So with that being said, who do you like for the Packers on, uh, for the fantasy side of things this week? Yeah, I still have Aaron Rodgers as a top five. Or Rogers, Aaron Jones is a top five option at running back. I think they're going to lean on him. I think we saw last week they didn't have their receivers, so they leaned heavier on him and AJ Dillon. I think this week with Jordan Love in there, they're going to lean heavier on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I moved AJ Dillon up to running back twenty five for me. I think he's a good flex play. I still think with Devontae Adams coming back, he's the guy you want. I dropped him a little bit outside my top twelve, but I find it hard to believe a guy is challenges that isn't against this defense isn't at least going to give you wide receiver two numbers yeah i actually think that uh this offense is going to be okay part of it because of the kansas city chiefs defense just not being good and and secondly and i know it was the preseason but jordan love looks pretty good in the preseason and for as much crap as we like to give matt lafleur for what he's done coaching wise in the playoffs i do think he's a very good coach Jordan Love has been there for over a year now. I think Matt LaFleur knows what he can and can't do well, and I think they're going to tailor the offense around that. Uh, You know, he's not a horrible quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers, uh, and I don't know that he's even a top, you know, 15, 16, 17 quarterback, but I think he can be serviceable enough. I'm with you. Adams, I think, is still going to be just fine. Uh, And then Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon should be in for, for really good games here for for the Green Bay Packers. On the Chiefs side here, it's not an easy matchup for them, especially on the ground. Patrick Mahomes can though, can he he's gonna have to carry this team. We saw him, I believe, throw 50 times this this past week. Yeah. Uh, can can he go back to being QB1 again? 
Yeah, you know, and it's tough after seeing uh, Kyler Murray, who had been more stable this year, get held to, what, less than 10 fantasy points against the Packers defense last week has to give you a little bit of pause. But Green Bay – or uh, Kansas City is going to have to score if they want to beat Green Bay. And I don't think they can do it on the ground. It's going to have to be Mahomes. He's going to have to find some of that magic and clean up some of the turnovers that have plagued him. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be easy. Even with Jair Alexander out, this defense has been really good. So I'm very curious to see what this looks like. And can anybody step up? Outside of Tyreek Hill, because he's almost turning into now more of a PPR guy than that deep threat. It seems yeah. like a lot of defenses are playing those safe, two safeties over the top to limit the big plays, uh, and it really has kind of changed this Kansas City offense. And I'm curious to see how they rebound from that. Um, I I'm taking the Packers. I, I think they get the win here, even with Jordan Love the quarterback. Yeah, Dennis took the Packers too. He said he thinks the team rallies around Love in Kansas City, struggling especially on defense. I'm still taking the Chiefs. All right. The 7-1 Arizona Cardinals at the 3-4 San Francisco 49ers. What do we expect from Arizona here with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, who are both listed, at, listed as game-time decisions? Yeah, that has to give you a huge sense of pause. Arizona went into the last week's game 7-0, the last undefeated in football. I honestly think they come out of Sunday's game with a two-game losing streak. San Francisco with Trey Lance as the starter almost beat them in Arizona earlier this season. I think Arizona is going to be struggling. I think Kyler probably plays, but isn't incredibly effective. AJ Green is on the COVID list. Um, you know, after him not even noticing the ball being thrown to him in that last game, they may not care. DeAndre Hopkins, we've seen, is banged up, is not the same. Uh, I think that limits them, and Arizona is just hitting a little bit of a struggle. Their defense really struggled against the run in a couple of these games, and that is something San Francisco does really well. Yeah, unfortunately, we saw this out of Murray last year too, right? Like Arizona was really good. It looked like they were playoff bound. Then Murray gets hurt, and he went out there and played through it, and I got to give him props on that because it takes guts to go out there and play through an injury. But that team struggled when he was not 100%. And not only are we now talking about not him being 100%, but their best wide receiver as well in DeAndre Hopkins. So San Francisco is still a very good team. Uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know that either one of these guys has big games. I, I think I had Murray at like 9 or 10. So like I didn't have him that high. And I had Hopkins at like wide receiver, I think 23 or 4 in my wide receiver rankings because I wasn't sure what he's going to do. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't know that either one of these guys has a big game. Uh, with the 49ers, they need to get a win here. What do you think a loss, though, would mean for this team? I think it would pretty much put an end to their their playoff hopes. Uh, you know, they're talking about dropping three and five, then middle of the season, they don't have the most talented roster. You would have been swept now by Arizona, who's a team ahead of you. The Rams look like they're putting together a super team. So you would have to be competing in that wild card group. And I just... I think a loss here and they have to start seriously looking at whether it's time to just start starting Trey Lance and seeing what they've got. Yeah. I think if they do lose against Arizona, it'll start trending that way, but I don't think they go to him until they get to like that six loss mark. So one more week. And cause then I think you really are getting closer to being out of it at that point. Uh, but obviously a win, I mean, you get back to 500, you're right back in the thick of things. I think if they do lose, they're still going to at least give it one more week. Uh, 
but I'm not predicting them to lose. I'm with you. I think that they end up winning this game. So they're, they're moving closer, closer to being back into the playoffs. Yeah. Dennis took the 49ers as well. All right. Clean sweep. All right. On to the Sunday night football game, the Tennessee Titans sitting at six and two. And I believe the top of the AFC, which yep. is insane to Number say one in the AFC. at the Los Angeles Rams. We're sitting at seven and one. How do the Titans replace Derrick Henry this week? Yeah, and we talked about this before. They can't replace that production one for one, but I think they have to lean more on their passing game, probably have to hope for a continued success for A.J. Brown, have to hope Julio Jones can make it back out on the field, and then hope that AP has enough uh, to, to threaten on the ground and that they can use Jeremy McNichols as a passing outlet and try to cobble together an offense. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I think it's a lot more Jeremy McNichols this week and maybe even next week. Like, I, I have no doubt Adrian Peterson is going to be serviceable. But dude wasn't even on a team last week. And I'm sure he was working out and staying in shape. We talk about it all the time. Staying in shape and football shape is two completely different things. I don't see him going out. I, do you think he, he think he even gets 12 carries? Because I don't. I really think it's going to depend on game flow. If the Rams get up, well, I don't they're, think not they're trying to run the, run the ball. But this puts a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill. You know, they signed him to a bigger contract to be the guy. It's for times like this, you have to show you are the guy. Yeah, I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on him. And I'm, I'm not sure that that's going to work out that well for Tennessee. Uh, are the Rams now the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC after adding Vaughn Miller at the trade deadline? Yeah, I'm still sticking with my Cowboys pick uh, as they will be in the Super Bowl, but I think the Rams have to be the Super Bowl favorites. We saw Arizona finally lose. They're struggling a little bit. We've seen Green Bay hit a little bit of a wall with Rodgers coming out. We saw Tampa Bay lose. I think the Rams are chugging right along, and they just keep adding pieces. Yeah, I mean, they have to be. With as good as Stafford has looked and that offense uh, the past couple weeks after struggling earlier, now all of a sudden they've, they've turned it back on. They look they look unstoppable on offense. And then you already have, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the game in Aaron Donald, who already is like not easy to stop. And then you add a guy like Vaughn Miller next to him. I mean, I thought having Miles Garrett and, and Jadavion Clowney was ridiculous. Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller is like the shit you do when you're playing Madden on your Xbox and you just want to dominate everybody. And then... You have Jalen Ramsey in the in, in the secondary. So, yeah, they're, they're loaded. I think they have to be, especially because of Stafford. I would not be saying that, if I'm being honest, if Goff was still the quarterback. But Stafford, I mean, he's completely changed that offense, and I'm, I'm picking them to beat the Titans here. Yeah, I think the Titans become the second straight uh, team to go into a week leading the AFC as the number one seed to suffer a loss. Uh, I'm picking the Rams, and so is Dennis. I'm just hoping Cooper Cup doesn't have a massive game because I'm playing him and Jamar Chase again. I need one of you guys to just take it easy on me, please. Although, Jonathan Taylor did help me out last night with 36 points, but Cooper Cup can do that exact same thing. You need to go the other way. You just need to root for your guys to all go off. Yeah, that never happens. Never happens (laughs) for me. The Monday Night Football game, which I think is very, very intriguing. Like, I've not really loved a lot of these Monday Night Football games this year. I'm really looking forward to this one. The so it's three not a wet fart? It's not a wet fart kind of game. This is like a stomach feeling great. You just had, I'm about to go get Chick-fil-A for the kids. I mean, like Chick-fil-A milkshake with some fries. You're feeling good. Just sit back, kick the feet up, you know, watch some college football kicks off here in a little bit. Hey, it is like, Monday night. You actually could get Chick-fil-A for this game. 
Yeah, you could. I won't. I'm not a, uh, I don't want to kill our sponsorship with Chick-fil-A pasta. Not a big fan. Not a big fan. But anyways, three and five Chicago Bears at the three and four Pittsburgh Steelers. Justin Fields played arguably his best game in week eight. Can he make it two weeks in a row as a top 12 quarterback? Uh, I don't think he was top 12 last week, but he did, he did get a – he was. He was, I believe. I think he was QB eight. I'll look it up, but I'm almost positive he okay. finished top twelve last week. You know, it seemed like he was able to take advantage of some broken plays and run a little more freely. Um, people wanted to point to that and being because Matt Nagy wasn't there. I don't know if that's totally the case. Uh, the 49ers defense isn't. Um, you know, they're not bad, but I don't know if they're incredibly great. I saw what Pittsburgh did last week. Uh, in Cleveland, they're at home. I think they play a little bit fiercer and a little bit harder. I am not as bullish on Justin Fields this week, uh, given that Chicago offensive line. QB5 last week, 26 points. It's because of the rushing. He had the over 100 rushing yards in that touchdown. See, and, that, and that, again, that's why when I, we talked about it on Monday, I talked about him possibly being the next Jalen Hurts because I think he only threw for 100 yards too. But if he gets you a bunch of rushing yards and a touchdown, that's all that matters, and that's all Jalen Hurts has been doing. Uh, what is interesting to me and why I think Justin Fields could have a sneaky good game. Now, I did not put him top 12. I think I had him as QB 16 in my ranks this week. But why I think he could have a sneaky good game this week is Baker was able to extend the plays a little bit there against Pittsburgh and he doesn't have nearly the speed that Justin Fields does. I know Matt Nagy's back, and I'm with you. I don't know how much of that is really on Nagy, but I think Fields has built up a little bit of confidence after that game. He really looked like he was enjoying himself. I think he might run a little bit more if he gets into trouble like he did last week, and that could lead to them ha- to him having another good game because he gets you some rushing yards and possibly a rushing touchdown. Can we reflect um, for a minute that the top 12 quarterbacks last week included Mike White, Justin Fields, Geno Smith, Davis Mills, and Cooper freaking Rush? Yeah, I know. I just looked. Yeah, I know. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, hey, Mike White, too. Oh, wow. Jane, Geno Smith, eight. Davis Mills, nine. Cooper Rush, 12. What you know? Speaking of a wet fart of a Monday night football game last week, it was a wet fart for quarterbacks last week. I was, was so not, close, too, because I, I had uh, – Daniel Jones is top 12, and he finished a half point off as QB 13. Yeah. I was like, that one, that's a bad beat. Nah, that's a that's a good beat. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, forgot what I was going to say there about the – oh, I do want to mention David Montgomery is back at practice. So we may be seeing, unfortunately, the at least end of Khalil Herbert as the sole starter and, and the guy getting a ton of carries. I, I still think – because of how well he played, he keeps a little bit of a role. But there were rumors that Montgomery might even play this week. I don't know that that happens because we haven't seen him getting pulled off the injury report yet. But I believe he was at practice uh, yesterday and today. So that's probably good signs if you're a Montgomery, uh, if you have Montgomery on your roster. And now what are we expecting from the Steelers offense? I have Deontay Johnson up at wide receiver four this week. I'm expecting a massive game from him. What do you think happens with the Steelers? Yeah, um, I like Deontay Johnson. Uh, I like Najee Harris. Um, I think I had Friar Muth as a top-end tight end, too. Um, I still think there's some potential there, but not a ton. The Bears don't have a terrible defense either, um, but it's really been those guys. Deontay Johnson 
is averaging 18 points per game when he's in there in the six games he's played. That's tied for ninth among wide receivers. He is a top 12 guy, and it doesn't matter that Ben hasn't looked great. He's the focal point in this offense. And then I love what Harris has been doing. Yeah, I mean, Harris, I think, you know, it's been flipping back and forth between him and Chase as as the rookie of the year. I, I, I kind of hope they would just give it to both of them because they've both been phenomenal. And, and Harris has done so much in the uh, in the receiving part of the game as well, not just the rushing yards. So I think he's he, he's going to continue to be a top 12 running back all season long because of what he does in the receiving game. Uh, but I'm with, I think it's Deontay. I don't know that Claypool – um, has a, a really big game here against the secondary. But w- with the way Deontay Johnson eats in kind of the short area, I think he could be good. I'm interested to see what Fryermuth does as well. He, he's continued to, to uptick a little bit, had the good game against Cleveland. Now Chicago's linebackers are much better, but he, he did he scored that touchdown on a safety on, on Harrison there. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what he does. I'm starting him in a couple places, hoping he can continue his trend upwards uh, as the best tight end there for the Steelers. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Bears. Justin Fields helping out my Browns and himself with the big win on Monday Night Football. Dennis and I are taking the Steelers. This makes sense. You guys are allowed to be wrong every once in a while. All right, so that will do it for us today. We will be back on Monday with Dennis. Yes, I believe he okay. will be back. He is Cub Scouting for those that are concerned about him. He is out there trying to tame a bunch of 11-year-olds at a bowling alley is what he told us. So he is, I believe, the exact quote is, I'm living the dream is what he said. So he, he he's having a good time. So he will be back on Monday. We will recap, obviously, if we hear anything else about Odell at that point, it just seems like he will be released on Monday. And we will obviously recap everything from the NFL for Week 9. Good luck to all of you in your matchups this week. Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.